Welcome to the Lunchtime live stream, where we continue the conversation from Sunday's message at Catalyst Christian Church. Join myself, John Kelly, and Donovan Gregory right now as we take the message a little deeper and a little more personal. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Lunchtime live stream. Uh, there's five of you on here right now. I'm sure there are others getting ready to get on real soon. Uh, for those who maybe don't go to Catalyst and you're on right now, my name is John Kelly, and I'm the Minister of Engagement here at Catalyst. And as you can hear behind me, it is noon o'clock here in Nicholasville, Kentucky, as the bell tolls across the street. Uh, real quick, I want to hit a few quick announcements, some things that are going on at the church. Uh, this coming Sunday, we're having a, an initial meeting for our 20. 22 Honduras mission trip. I actually learned that this is actually for a 2022 trip. There's uh, the trip that was going to be planned for December is actually being moved, I guess. So that meeting is going to be this Sunday following church up in the control room here at the church. That's the balcony area for those of you who are concerned about where that is. You'll just need to take the steps upstairs and you'll see where everybody's meeting. If you're interested in going on our Jamaica trip in April, that is also going to be meeting this Sunday just to give some information about that trip. That is open for anyone in the church. In the past, that has been a men's ministry trip, but this time around, it's for anybody who's interested in going to Jamaica. It's going to be an awesome week of, of ministry and I want you guys to be a part of that. Um, if you're interested in a community group, you can contact Dave Kibler. He's going to be heading all of that up now with community groups, uh, doing a fantastic job. My group met last night, and actually our meeting last night is going to lead into a lot of what we're talking about today. So community groups are great. If you're not in one, get in one. It's probably the best thing we do at Catalyst, and you definitely want to be a part of it. And speaking of community, if you're not doing anything between the hours of like 7 and 8.30, 9 o'clock, uh, in the morning on Tuesdays, come on out to Monos. It's a coffee shop on 27, uh, out near Toyota on Nicholasville. Uh, it's a fantastic coffee shop and there's several of us from the church that get together every Tuesday and hang out and have coffee. We'd love to have you in. Just come in. We talk about everything. We talk about that week's message. We talk about our jobs. We talk about our families. Um, it's just a great time and it's a good time of fellowship and community. If you guys want to be part of that, just open invitation. It's a great way that you can help take care of a, a local business while at the same time getting to spend time with your church family. So that's every Tuesday between seven o'clock and about nine o'clock in the morning on Tuesdays. Uh, this past week, Dave continued in the current series that we're on called Culture War. And he talked about probably the most controversial topic you could probably talk about in church. And, um, that's the gospel and gun ownership. And so I'm going to bring in Donovan Gregory, our illustrious youth minister uh, today to talk. And Donovan, we were talking before this whole thing got started today. We were talking about this picture up here in the corner of the screen that still has Rob in it. Yeah, there's some and, ugly man up there. So Yeah, you were telling me we're going to have to change that. We got to change that. We got to get Donovan up in the corner. So uh, we may have to do a screen grab of, of our meeting today. And, and see what we can get from that. But uh, as a matter of fact, I just did it. I just did a screen grab. Uh, I so, hope I'm smiling. Uh, I'm looking down, so I'm probably not going to use it. But uh, but yeah, so, so Dave talked yesterday, or talked on Sunday, I should say, about the gospel and gun ownership. And his main thing was when power is out of balance, there's violence. But when power is in balance, there's peace. And you and I were talking this morning a little bit and we both kind of agreed we're going to – there's not a whole lot we can add to what Dave said on Sunday. I mean, Dave pretty much covered the essentials. And, aha, uh, let's do this. Booyah. 
<laughs> I don't know who you are, but that's awesome. Um, but uh, we're going to take this in a little bit different direction. Uh, we talked about um, looking at this not from the macro, in other words, the big picture kind of government entity kind of power like what Dave was talking about on Sunday. We want to move this a little bit more personal and bring it down a little bit um, and, and talk a little bit more about how it affects us in three different areas of our lives, which would be in relationships, in the workplace. And then finally, we're going to talk about it in the church. And we're going to actually focus on power today. That's going to be the focus that we're really going to get in on. And we kind of changed the main thing a touch. Um, and it makes sense when we read it, but it said, we said, uh, when power is out of balance, there's tension, which can cause violence. Mm-hmm. And when power is in balance, there's peace. And so, uh, Donovan real quick, um, when, when we're reading through that, what are, what are the thoughts that you have when you see that? So, I mean, obviously the tension leads to, pa- or leads to violence usually. Cause and when you butt heads with anybody or any, you know, um, idea or something like there's a group of people who might butt heads with each other there's always going to be that chance of violence if if one person is stronger or whatever like if me and you got in an argument you'd probably beat me up pretty easily and you just pick me up and sit on me and I, that's probably it. old man strength it's yeah just old exactly man. yeah but, but when i think about tension that's that's typically tension is often brought upon when there's and out, and out of power is out of balance when there's a weaker side to it in my head. Yeah. Well, and like I said, we're going to focus on power today. That's, that's kind of where we're going to go with this today um, to kind of continue kind of the thought process and maybe not so much the, the gun part of it, but the kind of digging deeper into it and getting further into it beyond just that, the, the gun part. And so I want to talk about that in relationships. Um Ephesians 5.21 says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, I do want to say something up front with, with power. We talked about this in my community group last night, and that's why this is so fresh in my mind. Uh, one of the things we talked about in our community group last night was that power doesn't have to be equal. You know, as Dave doesn't say when power is, is not equal, there's violence. He says when power is out of balance. And there has to be some like it, when you look at it from a government standpoint, I don't have the same power as the president of the United States. And I'm not going to have the same power as the president of the United States. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. That's not a horrible thing. Um, in a parent and child relationship, the child doesn't have equal power to mom and dad. When you're in the workplace, you don't have the equal power to your boss, but it's when that power is imbalanced or neglected, or um, there's like an overlording of the power. That's that's kind of where we're going with this today. And so let's talk about a little bit in relationships. And in Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Uh, this is talking about marriage, Donovan, but could this, could this um, also apply to other relationships? Oh, definitely. I think this could, I mean, obviously the dating relationship aspect of it, because I'm in a dating relationship, but also the the parent-child relationship or the um, best friend relationship or the aunt and cousin or, you know, brother and sister relationship. It, it all kind of stems from this idea that that we have to submit to each other. Yeah, mutual submission is a big deal. And submission isn't <laughs> enslaving yourself to somebody. Like the Sometimes people don't like the word the word submit. They hear submit and they think um, oppression, and that's not really oppression. 
Um, if I was to go on a youth retreat with you as a sponsor, I would submit to your authority on that. In other words, you are the authority. I'm going as one of your sponsors. I'm helping you. So I'm not going to come in and tell you how to do your job and try and run the show. I'm going to stay out of your way and do whatever you need me to yeah. do. Does that mean that I think that uh, you're oppressing me or you're beating me down? No, <laughs> yeah. but, but it does mean that I, I'm, I'm understanding that, uh, that, that you are the authority. I love this. My daughter thinks she does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's really funny. And you got two daughters, so you're probably going to get a double whammy of that here in a couple of years. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, where do you, I, I'm going to, I'm going to throw something out there and kind of get your thoughts on this Donovan, but I'm of a strong belief that in relationships, the person who cares the most tends to have the least amount of power in the relationship. Um, I'd, yeah, I'd say usually, yeah, because they're probably going to go out of their way to make the other person um, happy or satisfied or whatever. Yeah, and and so when I really believe that when that when that gets too far, like somebody always cares more than the other person. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's always it's it's very hard to to care the same equally all the time. I mean, I'm sure there are times when. I'm driving my wife nuts, but I, I love her so much. And I would, you know, I would pull the moon down for her if I had to, you know, and she's yeah. thinking to herself, I just want him out of the house. You know, uh, the, the love's a little bit more leaned in my direction, maybe in that moment, but that's okay. You know, that that's, those are times, but when it starts to go too far, when it comes out of balance, um, it can really get dangerous. I got some comments coming in. Um, it's being respectful and understanding. Yes, absolutely. Um, Renee told us it's already happening. Her 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 second child, Amori, is is actually also getting in on the the boss woman traits. Uh, but yes, when you're the when you're the person who cares the the most, you're the one who's willing to do anything. Uh, someone says it's very true. Um, when caring more, you end up hurting more. And that's true. That's a huge statement. You know, that's, that's a big, that's a big thing to talk about. Um, it's so true when you, when you care more, when you are, uh, when you're just so bought in, you'll do anything to make it work. Mm -hmm. And for someone who doesn't care as much, uh, it seems like they probably don't, don't care to fix it in certain situations. And my wife posted nothing, nothing. So I, I don't, I, I'm thinking maybe she posted a gift or something. It's just not showing up, but yeah. Um, so let's get back to the relationship thing here for a second. Uh, what happens when power gets out of balance in a relationship? I mean, typically there's um, always the, when you are on the lesser side of the, the power balance or whatever, like you feel like you have no power in that relationship. If it's a, a, a husband, wife relationship, you know, brother, sister relationship, if you often feel like you're um, unable to do anything that would uh, help them or make them happy. You always, in, in my experience, I've always felt like it's always the negative thing. Even if you're trying to be positive, the negatives are always pointed out and um, pushed on always. Yeah. And I would go so far as to say that, and I think this will go with everything we're talking about today, but I think trust comes into play mm-hmm. because when the power's out of balance, that means one person 
uh, can get away with everything and do everything and, and be selfish. And the other person is sitting there kind of going, what, what about me? Yeah. You know, what, what's, where's, where's my part in this relationship. And you start to find that trust starts to wane and starts to disappear. And when that trust disappears, the relationship starts to fail Mm -hmm. uh, almost immediately. Um, There will be emotional, physical, mental hurt. One of, of the other one, probably one or the other or all. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I think that's Julio that's talking right there, but, uh, it's so easy in a relationship to kind of, especially if you're the person who wants it to work out. Yeah. Keep your mouth shut a lot of times. Yeah. You, you see signs like everybody who's been in a relationship that's ended. Um, that's ended. We'll just say ended in general, whether that's a dating relationship, a friendship relationship, uh, a marriage, uh, anything that has ended, they saw signs. They knew it was coming. At least one of them did, if not both. And, they tend to just hope they go away. Yeah. And, uh, that's not good. You kind of bury the, the baggage that's there. The, the negative things that come up, you'd kind of just like, Oh, those will go away eventually. But yeah. Yeah. And going back to kind of Sunday's message and where Dave was talking about, um, balancing the power. If you don't actively try to balance the power in a relationship, that relationship will fall apart. That relationship's going to die. I mean, it just there's there's no getting around it. There's no hiding from it. You're it's going to happen, and uh, all that ends up happening in the wake of it is hurt feelings, hurt people, um, and a relationship that's over. Um, the one of the lesser sides of power also starts feeling like they are the one messing up. That's yes, that's a good one to put out there. I think that's Julio again. Um, that is a that is a great comment from Julio. Uh, the one on the lesser side of power starts feeling like they're the one messing up. Yeah, um, and they try and change themselves and fix themselves. And, um, yeah, and then you've got the victim mentality coming in. Yeah, eventually with that, and 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 it becomes it, it can go a lot of different ways. One, it can become just constantly trying to one up themselves to make the person love them or care about them, mm-hmm. and it can also turn into a victim mentality. If it doesn't matter what I do, they don't love me. I can't do anything to fix it. And then they give up, you know, there's, yeah. there's so many ways yeah. that can go. Um, oh, it's Chris Schroeder. What's up, Chris? Very cool. Um, if you guys are on Facebook, if you can, uh, accept the Streamyard thing, there's a thing that you click on for Streamyard and allows to accept them. We can see your names when you're on here and it'd be great that way we're that way. When, when Julio talks, I know it's Julio. And when Chris talks, I know it's all Chris Shockler. Ha ha. There Schottler. it is. Chocolate. It's not Chris Schroeder. Don't you love autocorrect? Uh, <laughs> Especially when you got a weird last name. No, I'm kidding. Oh, that I'm you just kidding. went there. You can tell I love the chocolate family. They're amazing, even though they left us to go plant a church. <laughs> oh, here's a great comment. Unbalanced breeds manipulation and gaslighting. And that's yep. true. That's very true. Yep. Um, when you're somebody who, uh, who is, is kind of in the power game and you've got all the power, uh, manipulation is huge. And again, it goes back to making the other person a victim mm-hmm. and that, that's never any good. Um, so we know that it's important that in relationships that we learn mutual submission and we understand that power has to stay in balance in a relationship. But what about the workplace? Uh, that's another place that I think is really important. Uh, in first Corinthians three twenty three, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart is working for the Lord, not for human masters. 
And also in Deuteronomy, this is talking to the bosses. Do not take advantage of a hired worker who is poor and needy, whether that worker is a fellow Israelite or a foreigner residing in one of your towns. Pay them their wages each day before sunset because they are poor and counting on it. Otherwise, they may cry to the Lord against you and you will be guilty of sin. And that bottom part is kind of the thing I want to talk about a little bit. Guilty of sin. If you are an employer and you are treating people poorly, God sees that as sin. Um, so when we're talking about in the workplace and talking about the balance of power in the workplace, um, Donovan, how does that balance get out of whack? Um, if those, so those bosses are able to do things and put down the workers or whatever, um, and they're not ever checked. So I actually have a story. I used to work at Kroger as a bag boy and a cart getter. And, um, this happened at multiple croakers from what can I've we just heard. start calling you bag boy. I mean, is that okay? Like, please don't. Can that be your new nickname here at the church? <laughs> sure, I can wear a name tag every Sunday. <laughs> name tag like, just calls you bag boy. Yep. <laughs> but like, if we even if we are working hard or whatever, we we um, would often get put down by these bosses. But when higher management was around, they'd be like, "Oh, you can, you know, it's hot. Have a bottle of water. You know, take breaks." But when upper management wasn't around, it's, "Oh, you're not getting your." you know, enough carts fast enough, or you don't have time to, like, there's one summer day, it was like 98 degrees outside, and we were out of carts on one side, and me and another bag boy who was in high school brought in like 35 carts in five minutes, and then we took five minutes to stop and drink some water, and the boss came out and started yelling at us, didn't even look to see if the carts were filled or anything, just made us feel worthless for taking a five-minute break to drink some water, so if there's, if there's unchecked from even their bosses or unchecked because you don't call them out as a worker and two, because oftentimes we'd be scared because I was a 16 year old and that's some, you know, 35 year old man mm -hmm. yelling at me. I'm not going to, you know, try and talk back. I want to keep my job because I need that money. Right. Right. Well, Renee Basham says some great, said something great here. People don't leave jobs. They leave bad bosses. Mm -hmm. And I would agree with that. I mean, if, if it's a job you want and you get it and then all of a sudden you have horrible bosses, mm -hmm. I mean, my wife could, Talk about that. As a matter of fact, she's on here too. Unchecked power leads to power abuse. A hundred percent. Now I'm going to go in opposite direction with this too. And there's Julio. Hey, Julio, we see your name. Awesome. Um, here's something else to think about. The pushover boss. Where now all the power resides with the employees and they started taking advantage of the boss. Yeah. Now work's not getting done. Um, customers are getting upset. Uh, you've got the people who work hard seeing the people who aren't working hard getting away with it. Uh, and, and suddenly you've got a whole nother issue that you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, that's why this verse, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart is working for the Lord, not for human masters. Uh, the balance of work is a very delicate one because you're talking about the money that you're making to provide for your family. Mm-hmm. Or in your case, provide for yourself right now. Um, but hopefully a family here in the next couple years or so. Um, and, and so it becomes way personal really quick. Yeah. When it's your living, when it's your career, and suddenly that balance of power is out. There, there's nothing worse. I will tell you this, and I think everybody would agree with this. There's nothing worse than working your tail off at a job and seeing other people not doing that and getting away with it. Mm -hmm. there is there is nothing worse than that 
or working your tail off at a job. And, and these are things we have to get past. That's not excusing. We should always have the attitude of we're going to work hard regardless, but it makes it hard. And you've been working at a place for years and you find out somebody that's just got a job there and who doesn't work as hard as you do and doesn't get as much done as you do actually gets paid more than you do, which is, you know, here's my wife. Our wife, she's right here. That drives me nuts. We've had these conversations. Uh, <laughs> getting away with it and getting promoted. Yeah. I mean, those things are frustrating for us yeah. because, you know, it should never be about what God does for other people. My camera should hopefully come back on in a second. There it is. Um, it shouldn't be about what happens to other people. Our only focus should be on what we're doing and that we're working our tails off. But there is something to be said about the tension that that can bring to the workplace when that power is out of balance. Mm -hmm. And so what is the Christian's attitude? Let me ask you this, Donna. What is the Christian attitude in situations like that? And we're going to say what the Christian attitude is, and then we're going to talk about the attitude we struggle with after that. So yeah. what so, is the Christian attitude with that? I mean, the it's a Bible answer. You work your butt off because that's, you know, you would work for the Lord. Uh, why, you know, you got to, why wouldn't you work your butt off for the Lord? So why wouldn't you work your butt off at work? Which I know is a super simple answer, but that's you just work hard and yeah. try and ignore what's going on around you. Yeah, I, I would say it comes down to integrity. Yeah. I think the most important thing for a Christian is that their integrity stays intact. Uh, never let somebody else determine your integrity. I think that's something that we all have to remember. And that's really hard sometimes because sometimes the feeling is I want to rip someone's head off. <laughs> yes. You know, like why aren't you doing your job and why am I suffering because you're not doing your job? Yeah. Uh, that's a hard thing to deal with. That's a hard thing to swallow. Um, and I'm not necessarily saying that you're wrong for feeling that way, but what is your reaction to that feeling? Because here's the thing, we get temptations all the time. Temptation is not sin. It's what we do with temptation. And so when we get those feelings that come up, do we dwell on them or do we push them to the side and say, you know what? This is not the attitude I need to have. I need to have the attitude of a servant. It's my responsibility to do my job and to not worry about the jobs that other people are doing. I don't even know why I'm doing hand motions. Nobody can even see my hands. Yeah. You see my arms. It looks like I'm waving my arms. Like I'm trying to fly away or something. Um, but uh, it's just so important that, that as, as employees of jobs that we do our job. Yeah. That's, that's really, we've been hired for that. When we accept, here's, here's something I really want to throw out there for everybody. When you accept a job, you're signing a verbal contract, whether you sign a written contract or not, you're, you're giving a verbal contract that I'm going to come here and I'm going to work hard. And the moment you do that, you're representing Christ in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And so it's important that as a Christian, we aren't the lazy people at jobs, that we're the ones that are working the hardest that we're the ones that are putting in the most work, that we're the ones that are doing it because we want to show people that that Christ-like person through us. We say all the time that people see Christ in our lives, and if you're lazy and they know you're a Christian, their opinion of Christianity is Christians are a bunch of lazy people. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and that's not that's not what we should be shining out there. That's the complete opposite. Uh, negativity motivates me to do my best as Christian first. Interesting. Interesting. Um, that man's got a strong will. I know Julio, and he's – I could never do that. I could never turn – I'd take that negativity and, you know, 
kind of fall over with it and stop doing whatever I'm doing usually. That, isn't that hard? I mean, let's yeah. just get real for a second. It's hard when things are just crappy. Yeah. Like most of us just want to be like, forget it. I'm done. Yeah. You know, I, I do a live stream, uh, a backpacking live stream, and we do a thing called fake news. And so we have this ticker that goes along the bottom of the screen. I'll kind of show you what it's going to look like. So I'll, I'll put up the scripture we just did and I'll show you what it looks like when it scrolls across the screen. So um, it goes across the screen like this. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we've got this fake news ticker that we use. And uh, <laughs> um, I was typing in one of the things for it. And then it just erased it out of the blue. And I just spent like 10 minutes typing this thing in. So I was just like, ah, forget it. And I didn't do it. Yeah. I didn't do any of them for that episode. We just didn't have a ticker because I was like, ah, this is stupid. I don't want to do it right now. This is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, in that case, in that case, that wasn't something I had to do. That was just something yeah. extra I throw in from time to time. And but how many times when we're doing stuff and things kind of become adverse, do we just kind of say, I don't want to do this? You know, yeah, like, I mean, more than we probably want to say. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. It's just one of those things where um I don't know. There's just no way around. Attitude is so important. You know, attitude is so important. And it's something that I struggle with. I mean, I, I imagine I've talked to Dave. I know Dave struggles with it yeah. because sometimes our emotions get in the way of the, in the workplace and uh, it causes our, our work to suffer mm -hmm. as a result. And uh, we don't want to, we don't want to put that out there that Christians are the ones that uh, give up when things get hard. Yeah. Um, Julio says it's hard. If everyone knew my story, where I came from and where I am now, you'd be blown away. Yeah, Julio's got a heck of a story, man. He's been through a lot of stuff in his life. Um, so that's the that's that's in work. Yep. Okay. So I think what we've come away with is is um, that balance of power is one of those things that if you're in a position at a job where that balance of power is, is not fixable. There's no way for that to change. Start applying for new jobs, but in the midst of that, don't stop working hard. You know, my wife is a great example of this. I'm gonna brag on her for a second. Uh, she took a job a couple years ago at a place and it looked like it was going to be the greatest thing in the world. She was super excited. The interview went amazing. They hired her in like minutes. It seemed like, and everything just looked perfect. And then she got there and within just a few months, everything that they had told her basically came out as a lie. Like, I mean, literally a bold faced lie. And she was stuck in a job she hated within just months of starting. And she stuck her nose to the grindstone. She worked hard. She continued to work hard the whole time and uh, just kept looking for other jobs. And she was patient and she continued she never let her integrity wane in, mid, in the midst of all that craziness. And now she has a job she loves working with people. She enjoys being around and uh, she's in a much better situation now. And I think that is just a testament to why integrity is so important in the workplace. Um, when you have two people with different work ethics, the one with the higher work ethic usually is the one that ends up being the most frustrated every single time. Every single time. Although I will say people that are lazy, it doesn't matter what job they have. They're not happy in it. Yeah. I've just noticed that I worked at Starbucks back when we started catalyst and 
it's the easiest job on the face of the planet. Anybody wants an easy job that gives you health benefits, go work at Starbucks. I mean, it's so easy. I, I'm not even kidding. Like I've never worked an easier job than Starbucks. And we had people there that were stressed out all the time. And this is so hard. Oh, I can't. I'm just so worn out today. And I'm going, we make coffee. Like we squirt salt, like syrups yeah. and we pour milk and I mean, it is literally the easiest job in the world and it has no consequence on anything outside of people getting their daily caffeine. And these <laughs> folks are just like, oh, it's so hard. Oh, it's so difficult. And I'm just remember thinking to myself, man, what do you all do for like for real? <laughs> like yeah. when something actually matters, what are you doing? You know, um, you just it's an easy job. And, and Renee said Chick-fil-A, too. Um, yeah, when you've got an easy like I. I'm going to get off a tangent, but I, when people are lazy, they're never happy in a job ever, ever. And everything is hard because that means you actually have to work. So uh, let's yeah. uh, let's move to the next thing. So, so far, what we've talked about is we've talked about the focus of power in relationships and the workplace. And so now let's talk about uh, what that looks like in the church. Um, let's read through First uh, Peter 5, 1 through 5. It says, to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and witness of Christ's sufferings who also share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Just because you have a right doesn't mean you have to flaunt it. That is not part of that scripture. Let me take nope. that one out. That's actually something we're getting ready to do. Um, but shows favor to the humble. So uh, <laughs> this whole section of scripture right here is basically talking about the way God has set up the church. You've got the elders who are kind of running things. They're in charge, but they're not to lord that over the people. Mm -hmm. They're not, um, they're not to go in and uh, oppress the church. Um, and, and in likewise, the people who are under them are to submit. But what the question is now, like that's ideal. That's when it's done right. When is it wrong? When is it done wrong, Donovan? Um, if the elders hold it over the head of the the people who are like a part of the congregation of church, that they're elders, like they put themselves on a higher pedestal there. They believe that, quote unquote, God favors them more because they're elders of a church. Um, and then that, I mean, that turns the congregation, congregation against them as well. And then they don't look up to their elders and, and it kind of just one, if one side goes and it's kind of going to just flip, especially in a church. Yeah. Well, I would say, um, I've known a lot of guys who are great guys, a lot of guys who are fantastic men of God. And then they became elders mm -hmm. and they weren't fantastic men of God anymore. They couldn't handle power. Like yeah. not here. And this is a hard topic to talk about because you don't want to come off as, arrogant you don't want to come off as 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 uh talking down to anybody but not everybody's a leader mm -hmm. 
you know, not everybody is a leader. If, if they were, then we wouldn't have any leaders because everybody would be the same. And, and there's a difference between a leader and a servant, but at the same time, leaders should be servants. Um, but what happens a lot of times in churches is you have people who are really good servants and they're really popular amongst people in the church, but they're not leaders mm -hmm. and they become leaders. And what happens is they don't understand what that means. They don't understand what to do with it. And it turns ugly really, really fast. Um, says, should the elders, even though they're, they are leaders adopt even more of the servant mindset to the church. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I love this, this quote right here. You either <laughs> die so here or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. What is that a quote from? That's a movie, isn't it? Um, it's from, from Spider-Man, isn't it? Yeah, I think you're right. The Goblin says it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's Spider-Man. Such a nerd. That's okay, man. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but, uh, I've, I've had guys who've been friends of mine and friends of my family who then became elders in the church and we're not friends anymore because they couldn't handle that, that leadership. Oh, Harvey Dent, Batman. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Oh yeah. 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 I remember that now. <laughs> my wife's getting the Spider-Man one in there for us. Yeah, great, power yeah. comes great responsibility. You know how awesome it is to be married to a nerd wife. Hey, I got a nerd girlfriend, so I love it, dude. I love it. Makes my life so much better. Um, but uh, you've got <laughs> it's really it's hard sometimes to talk about this because it's frustrating when you have really good people that are excellent servants, excellent volunteers, and then you put them into a position of leadership and they aren't ready for it. And when that power comes, uh, it gets ugly. I know one minister that, uh, or one elder that I worked with in a church, he was a great guy. And then when he became an elder, um, he went around politicking from house to house to get the minister fired. Yep. I mean, literally went to people's homes, knocked on the door, said, can we talk? And then would go in and basically talk about everything about the senior minister of our church and eventually got him fired, got him booted out of the church. And uh, he even worked through the, the staff trying to build up a, uh, and this is my first full-time youth ministry, you know? And so I had an elder who was meeting with me and talking down to me. This is the same elder that as I was ending my ministry there, he tried to do that with me. And uh, he took some major backlash from people uh, because they didn't necessarily want me going anywhere. And uh, it did not go how he had hoped. And that ended up causing some very rough feelings for he and I and really ended the relationship. Why, why do you think that that stuff even makes its way into the church? Um, just power. People can't handle power a lot of times in general. Like it, it, it's probably a psychological thing. I'm not super into psychology and don't understand it, but I'm sure there's probably something there that, that causes them to, once they get any kind of power, they're like, I need to get rid of every other person who can oppose me essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you would think with it being a church, yeah, that 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 wouldn't be the thing. You would think, but how many churches have we heard of where people left over a decision they didn't agree with? Yeah, you know, I wouldn't have done it that way. Okay, there's a lot of things that we've done at Catalyst that, looking back, I wouldn't have done it that way either. But we did it, 
and now we have to move forward. Um, there are people that uh, they just can't, they just can't handle it being the way they want it to be. They've, I think the biggest thing that shows a great leader is a leader who can actually look at the other leaders who have all been praying just as much as they have mm -hmm. and submit to their decision. I can tell you there are things that Dave has wanted to do that he's gone to an elders meeting and they've talked and decided it's not the best idea. Dave did not come to staff meeting the next Monday whining and complaining about not yeah. getting his way. You know, he just didn't do that. Um, being flexible is a very important part of leadership. Being able to you know, bend around what other, you know, you're a leader. You have to try and not appease everyone, but make sure it benefits the whole group. Yeah, 100%. That's why we're taught, I think it's in Ephesians, do everything without complaining and arguing. Uh, that that's not that's not how the church is supposed to run. And when power starts to shift in such a way where uh, there's oppression of sorts happening within the church, um, there's a real issue there. <laughs> there's a real real issue there, and I think that is where a lot of people struggle with the church because you see that more in the small country church probably than you do anywhere. That's not saying it doesn't happen in uh, larger churches. It does. Yeah. But uh, it seems like in the smaller churches where uh, my grandfather was in this church, my dad was in this church, my, my great-grandparents built this building, you know, those kinds of things come in and that pride kicks in. Yeah. And that because my family did all this, now the church owes me and my family kind of sneaks its way in. Um, here's some it's like it's political gain to the, the in this these small churches essentially. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I'd say that 100. percent um, Hulu says power of seniority concept or never been in a leadership role. Yeah, that's a that's a hard thing. Lack of accountability and balance of power. Mm -hmm. Realizing it's not about you and what's best for the church. That's a big one. Mm. That's a really really big one. Um, Good leadership is realizing you're fallible and surrounding yourself with a group of people to help you lead and bounce ideas and remain in check. 100%. Mm -hmm. 100%. And uh, Renee, even with her business, says she relies heavily on her board for her decisions that Hope's embraced. And uh, yeah, I, I'm an elder. Like a lot of people don't know this. I'm an elder at Elevate Christian Church. I don't go there, but they're just a new church. So they don't know who their elders are going to be moving forward long term. But for now, they've asked three of us who are ministers at other churches to step in and be that board, to be that leadership group, um, and not so much to run the show. Like that's that's not why we're there. We're there more for, like Renee said, bounce ideas off of us, um, tell us what's going on, and then give our feedback on, on what we've seen happen over the years being in ministry and how we can help. Um, it's a huge responsibility when you step into an elder role. I've been an elder at Catalyst. Um, I'm an elder at Elevate, helping them out. And I think when you realize that your role as an elder uh, is for the good of the organization of the church, it's not for you to have a leadership role. Anytime you step in a leadership and you think it's for you, you need to step out of that leadership role. Okay. Like as quickly as possible, because that's not the point of leadership is not to lift me up. The point of leadership is for me to help lead these people. 
and in a way that would represent God the best. Um, I mean, have you seen, have you seen bad leadership Donovan? Um, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. No uh, name. Just share kind of some experiences you've had with it. I was kind of younger and, and the whole Southern, the reason we, me and my family left Southern acres kind of uh, thing was because of bad leadership. People who got put into positions of power and, didn't exactly do what's best for the church or the group of people that they were over and did what, what they wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and, but I've also seen the opposite of people, the really good elders who have, you know, who are a part of the congregation and know exactly what the church needs. Yeah. And uh, I know for me, my dad was a preacher, so I definitely got to see both sides of it. I got to see my dad baptize a guy and three years later, the guy's an elder asking for dad to get fired. Yeah. Like I I've experienced that. I mean, I've seen both sides of this and it can get really, really ugly. And uh, so the church, it, it's really important in the church that, especially if you want to be a leader, because I think you sh- there's nothing wrong with desiring to be a leader, but why are you desiring to be a leader? Because God's calling you to do it or because you want to have power power. Yep. Yeah, that's that's really the kicker on all of this. Yep. It comes down to that one word. That's why we said today we're focusing on in on power. Uh, that's the whole focus today is is this idea of power. And so I want to now kind of come back to what Dave was on on Sunday. And like I said, last night in my community group, we talked about this a lot last night. Uh, we had this probably one of the best discussions I've had about a sermon in a long time, uh, just because it branched off into so many different things, you know? Um, But I think what I want to kind of hit on is something that Dave touched on in his, he, he kind of mentioned, don't worship the gun, you know, and that the gun toters. Yeah. yeah. Words made me giggle. Yeah. I remember you talking about that this morning a little (laughs) bit, but uh, I want to, I want to talk about something here too. That's, um, that really does affect power and it affects leadership. And that's just because you have a right doesn't mean you flaunt it. Mm -hmm. Just because you can do something doesn't mean that's something that's beneficial. Um, In in first Corinthians 10, 23, it says, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. And then we're going to skip down to verses 31 and 32. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God. Even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I'm not seeking my own good, but the good of many so that they may be saved. I think that's a huge verse. That's a huge scripture for us to kind of end this whole talk on today. Um, What are some things that would fall into this category? of yeah you can do it but i wouldn't necessarily flaunt it around yeah uh, i mean just um i, I mean i, I kind of want to go back to the whole elder situation the whole you can easily rally around and get someone fired who is you know like go knock the door to door like that one elder you were talking about did mm-hmm. or, or in the boss situation it's like oh this you know this kid seems like he's or they're moving up and and they're good at working, so let's make them miserable and get them fired. And when it really doesn't benefit you as a as an employer or or your company that you work for, 
um, and that person that you want to get fired to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would, I would take it to other things like, well, let's talk about guns for a second. You yeah. know, I have the right to conceal carry. I don't need to go around and show everybody my gun everywhere I walk. Yeah. You know, I, there's some places you're just gonna make people feel uncomfortable doing that. What's the point of doing that? Yeah. You know, um, I have the right to have a drink occasionally. Yeah. But if I have a friend who struggles with alcoholism, do I want to just invite him over for a drink? You know, you, you gotta, I, I, mean, I think there's a responsibility in, in anything like that. Um, I think that's the key. The, the, the responsibility that comes with everything. That yeah. In, in, especially in America with, with how f- free we are to do, pretty much what we want to do there's always a responsibility with it yeah a hundred percent i mean it's it's really i i even take it to like eating you know you get one of the things that's been great about working at catalyst is like this past year i have been trying to lose weight really like working at it hard and uh i've never been like treated like garbage because of it I mean, there might be some fun like comments here and there. Yeah, nothing joke, serious. Yeah, but nothing, nothing where I'm actually like people are like I hate eating with you. You know, I, I, there's none of that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. and and I appreciate that. There's no like going somewhere. I mean, there's a lot of times we'll go places and I've eaten with people and they're like they don't order like the most gooey, covered in cheese, ultra fat, whatever, because they don't want to make it difficult for me. And I appreciate that, but they don't need to worry about it. But that is actually the kind of mindset a Christian should have. Mm-hmm. When you're with someone who's struggling with something, you don't want to be like, well, I have the right to blah, 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 blah. So you can just deal with it. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I'm afraid, like, I'm afraid when it comes to even gun control, like there are a lot of folks that that's kind of their opinion with it. It's it's very much a, a thing of, <laughs> I have the right, you're gonna have to deal with it. Get over yeah. it. And I don't think that's, I don't see that in the Bible. I don't see anywhere where that's in the Bible. You know, I just don't see it. Um, we yeah. should be unashamed about Christ. We should be unashamed about our faith, but there are things that our pride shouldn't be involved in. I, I know one of the things that, uh, that happened with Peter when uh, this sheet fell down out of the sky, came down out of the sky with all the animals on it that were considered unclean before mm-hmm. Christ and and peter was told in that moment take and eat and it just blew his mind that he could do that Mm -hmm. and in the process of that it was kind of that it's okay to do this now i know for a fact that when peter was in certain situations with people who were trying to learn about this christianity they were jews he wasn't going to eat those foods with them yeah because that was going to immediately end whatever he was trying to do uh when i lived in ohio Every one of our elders, you'd go to eat at their house and have a beer, but they would never smoke a cigarette. When I moved to Cynthiana, Kentucky, if you drank, you would get fired, but smoke all you want. People were on the back porch smoking every single week. And it's just two different cultures. And I think that's something else we have to think about in the midst of all this is understanding that culture is different everywhere you go. Culture in Nicholasville is not culture in Lexington, and it's not culture in Danville. Culture is just different. Every village, town, city you go to, and there are multiple cultures within cities. Mm-hmm. And understanding that culture is really important. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. I asked my community group last night. I didn't tell you this in advance, so I apologize now. It's fine. But uh, what determines morality? 
Uh, that's I told you I was gonna get yeah. you a big one right now, like really big one. I don't. What, what really... determines? <laughs> Rhea goes pop quiz. <laughs> I'm failing, Rhea. So I no, might get okay. fired after this. It's <laughs> a big question, and it's probably a trick question on my part. Um, let me ask you a different question. Yeah. Is there a difference between morality and holiness? I would say. Uh, at least a little bit. I think morality goes with culture as well. What's around you, um, mm -hmm. what you, what you, you morality um, kind of intertwines holiness and culture, I guess, in my, in my brain. Um, mm -hmm. But holiness is definitely different than morality, in my opinion, just because holiness is being holy, being Christ-like, being perfect in every way. Right. I mean, I mean, morality kind of goes there. I'd say they're pretty similar, but they're not the same. Yeah. No, I, and that's what I, that's kind of what we talked about last night in our group was there are things that are considered immoral in certain societies. Um, they're not sinful, mm -hmm. but they can break um, fellowship. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In in oh in churches in Ohio, if you smoked where I was growing up at the time, if you were smoking, people thought less of you. Mm -hmm. You know, but when I moved to Kentucky, people didn't think anything of that. But if you drank, yep, they thought less of you. Is either one officially a sin in the Bible? I mean, no. Okay, so over over drinking, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, but neither one is officially a sin yeah. in the Bible. Um, abuse of anything is a sin in the Bible. Oh, yes. Abuse of anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Um, abuse is a sin, period. But period. as far as morality, there are different sets of morality based on different regions of the United States, different regions of Kentucky. There are different sets of morality. I mean, there are some churches you go into, if you bring a drum set in, you just broke morality. You know, yeah. like they, they will be completely turned off to you immediately. Are they right or wrong? That's not the point of the question. The point is we have to understand um, in leadership, in the church, in relationships, you have to understand the context with which you're in and, and be able to work within that and never uh, lose touch with holiness in the process. Yep. And I think that's – if there's anything we can get today from this, it's it's understanding that that power in and of itself is something we should never be searching for, like – other than the power of the Holy spirit in our lives, we, our fear, our worries shouldn't be on personal power. Yeah. And so being able to understand that we want the power of the Holy spirit, the power of God to work through us. That's, that's the power we seek. We don't seek the power to be in charge of people and things. Mm -hmm. That's, that's not who we are. That's not what God designed us for. And it should always be our goal to love those who one, we have power over, or two, have power over us. Uh, as a Christian, it's always our responsibility to love. Sometimes we may not like, but we've always got to love. And uh, so uh, you have anything else you want to share with us today, Donovan, before we uh, sign everything out? Um, I mean, kind of just what, like you just said, if you, if you strive for personal power, you lose often, usually. You'll lose that love for the people under you or – or those people under you will lose the love for you. And, and as Christians, we are called to love. And that's mm -hmm. it's one of the biggest um, areas that I find is difficult for Christians is to love the people who are over them and treat them poorly or vice versa.
Yeah. It's, it's so important that we do that. Uh, regardless of what we do, we still carry the name of Christ. The Bible tells us we're ambassadors for Christ. And if we're ambassadors, that means we represent him. And if we represent him, then everything we do needs to reflect that. So, well, real quick, just a just a couple of real quick announcements, and I'll let you guys all get out of here. Uh, but we'll be having the initial meeting for the 2020. It's actually 2022. Kevin, I'm going to fix that right now because it's on the screen, and I want to make sure it's right. But uh, the 2022... Honduras mission trip uh, after church this Sunday. That's gonna there's gonna be a meeting for that in the uh, the upstairs control room, uh, the media loft, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but just uh, go up the stairs and it's in that balcony up there. Uh, if you're interested in going on the Jamaica trip, we're gonna have a meeting after church. Also, that's gonna be in the basement. So if you want to go to Honduras, go up to the to the balcony. If you're interested in Jamaica, go down to the basement. Um, if you're interested in both. Go to the Honduras trip and then find me. Um, I work here so I can I can talk to you more often than Kevin can. He has his own job that he has to worry about. So uh, if, you, if you're going to go to one of the two, if you want to go check them both out, definitely go to the Honduras meeting and then come find me and I'll talk to you about Jamaica. Uh, if you're interested in joining a community group, which if you're not, what's wrong with you? Um, community groups are the best thing we do at Catalyst. Talk to David Kibler. He will get you hooked up in one of our community groups. And again, if you're not doing anything on Tuesday mornings between seven and nine, please come out to Monos and hang out with us. Um, it's such an awesome time that we have out there. It's just fellowship, community, and a good cup of coffee. And it's, delicious. it's hard to find something better than that. Am I right? Yeah. Um, and they got good cinnamon rolls. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the cinnamon rolls and homemade Pop-Tarts, which my homemade daughter loves. So with that said, thanks so much for tuning in to the Lunchtime live stream for myself and Donovan. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Lunchtime live stream. If you'd like to watch the live stream as it's happening, go over to youtube.com slash catalystchristian and join in on the conversation every Wednesday at noon. Thanks again for tuning in to the Catalyst Lunchtime live stream.